Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hill. Going to have a solo show, looks like, today. Uh, Kip is on the uh, recovery mode. Had to go... uh, uh, take care of some things today. May have Rusty Mansell pop on as we get going. I know he's got some high school football stuff to take care of this week with championship week uh, finally upon us in Georgia high school football. So looks like it's going to be me for at least uh, the start of this episode and uh, a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, I was kind of running through the list of topics and things to discuss on today's episode. Um, and let's just start at the top with the big news. We are coming to you live on Tuesday afternoon, Uh, but the big news around Georgia football this week came on Monday night with the news that Stetson Bennett is a Heisman Trophy finalist. He's one of four finalists for this year's award. He becomes the first Georgia finalist for the Heisman since Garrison Hurst in the early 90s. Got to say, you know, I was a little surprised, Um, not to say that I don't think Stetson is very much uh, worthy or very much uh, deserving of this kind of honor. But it seemed like, you know, through the end of the regular season, um, the attention might have kind of came off Setson a little bit. Um, you know, Kentucky game, his numbers weren't crazy. He had an interception. Georgia Tech game was so-so, nothing uh, too wild. Uh, and then, you know, he puts together a really good performance in the LSU game. And I think what has really propelled Stetson to being – one of four people who could walk away with the Heisman Trophy in New York on Saturday night is the fact that he has come up clutch in so many big games. You know, he was the MVP of that game uh, against LSU on Saturday, which we'll talk a little bit about uh, in a few minutes. But obviously his play in the playoffs last year, um, his play in the Oregon game to start this season, his play against Tennessee, um, you know, people can – uh, pick through the stats and say his numbers aren't quite as good, but look at the games uh, that Georgia really needed him. And also keep in mind, too, you know, in the fourth quarter of so many games this season, they really took the throttle off and Stetson didn't throw the ball a lot, which made sense. You know, there was no reason in some of those games Georgia won uh, to continue throwing the ball around the park and, and trying to just pad set, you know, and, and uh, stuff your numbers and try to make things look nice because at the end of the day, um, as much as I'm sure Kirby Smart and that whole coaching staff want Stetson to get these individual awards, um, it's not about that. And I don't think Stetson would say it's about that either. You know, he uh, if you read the statement that Georgia put out from Stetson, you could tell he was really surprised that uh, he didn't 
expect to be a Heisman Trophy finalist. You know, he said, um, paraphrasing off the top of my head, but his quote was something like, I never thought about the Heisman. You know, I just wanted to play football. I just wanted to play quarterback at Georgia. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know that there's anyone more deserving than Stetson Bennett. To what, from what I can tell, he is only the second former walk-on um, to be a Heisman finalist. As far as I know, the only other one was Baker Mayfield, and Baker won the award um, after being nominated So and being a finalist. So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, it was a big Monday for Stetson. He is a Heisman finalist. He wins the Burlesworth Award, which is given to um, a, a college football player who was at one time in his career a walk-on. And uh, I would really encourage anyone who missed that to go watch uh, Stetson's speech. The, also, you can see I wrote a story about it just kind of detailing everything he said. Very good speech by Stetson. Um, you could tell that he was humbled by the award and, and talking about the origin of the award and, and uh, you know, what it meant and having the opportunity to take home that trophy. A trophy that, you know, he was up for last year and, and uh, honestly, I was a little surprised he didn't win it then. But uh, definitely a really special start of a week for Stetson. And I'll say this, too, for everybody watching. Uh, I'm going to be in New York. We've made the plans to go up there to cover the ceremony with Stetson being there. And very interested in seeing what we get to hear from Stetson and the other finalists as well. Um, should be a very exciting time. Again, this is the first time in my lifetime that a Georgia player has been a Heisman Trophy finalist. I'm sorry if that makes some of the people listening feel old, uh, but uh, this is something that does not happen often. And uh, people are going to nitpick it, and some people don't think that Stetson should have been up there. But uh, the fact of the matter is, he is. Um, and I think it's something to celebrate for former walk-on, a guy who's been through a lot, a guy who left Georgia and came back. Um, you know, I, I would have to imagine. And something I'm really interested in hearing from Stetson is, you know, when he was debating coming back after winning the national title, uh, surely there was never thought that, well, I could come back eventually win the Heisman. I mean, um, I still think for a guy like Stetson, the ultimate goal is to lead Georgia to another national championship and go back to back. Uh, but having a shot at the Heisman, that's pretty special too. Um, would be remiss not to bring up some of the news that came out this morning, some reports about a former Georgia quarterback, JT Daniels. It looks like he's going back in the portal, uh, spent the 2022 season at West Virginia, and things didn't go very well. Uh, he plays 10 games. He gets benched at the end of the year. Um, I think that uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what JT does. Um, you know, I, I, this is pure speculation on my part. I don't expect he would come back to Georgia, um, but maybe a school like Missouri, which was very much in the running for him uh, last spring when he was trying to decide where he was going next. Um, I think that that would make sense for him or, you know, maybe he goes to like a group of five or maybe he goes somewhere like South Florida or, or maybe um, what looks like a, a starting over at uh, Liberty or, or one of the group of five schools. For sure, JP, but uh, hoping just for his sake that this next chapter uh, treats him well because, you know, from everything we saw when he was leaving Georgia, uh, he did everything the right way. And uh, from what we could tell, you know, his teammates liked him and uh, hoping the best for him going forward. Speaking of the transfer portal, um, kind of a slow start. We are talking, I'm making sure to read the timestamp 
because this could very well change at any moment. Uh, it is 12-12 on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, so far, no Georgia players have entered the portal. I don't expect that to remain the case, though I don't know when exactly guys are going to enter. Um, just based on what I know and based on what I've heard, I'm not expecting any um, crazy entries from the from Georgia. I think it's very much going to be what you would anticipate. A reserve guys, guys hoping to play more going forward, um, guys who are looking for a second chance elsewhere. So we'll see when that happens. I don't know exactly. And it's entirely feasible that these guys do stay stay through as far as Georgia goes in the playoff, whether that is just the semifinals or if they go on and play in the national championship game because there's still a few days after the national title game. Um, but I, I would expect somebody, um, you know, probably multiple go in before we get to that point and um, before Georgia plays Ohio State. On the other side, looking at Georgia and what they um, are going to try to go get, I think it's very clear from the first couple of days that they want to add depth at receiver. And right now the biggest name that we've heard is Ra Ra Thomas. He's a guy that played in Mississippi State. Uh, you follow Alabama uh, product, a guy that's really talented, led Mississippi State in receiving yards this season. Uh, it's not clear at this point where he's leaning. Again, he's from Alabama. Got a lot of offers yesterday, Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, Oklahoma. Uh, Georgia is not going to be alone in that recruitment. But I do think that, um, you know, it's uh, going to be something that Georgia goes after hard. He is going to be someone that Georgia really wants. And they understand that they want to add experience to a receiving room that right now they have some talented true freshmen that will be coming in for the 2023 team. Um, but they do need experience. So Rara Thomas is the guy that we're looking at at this point. But I wouldn't be surprised if we hear some buzz about a few other guys and uh, to keep an eye on that because, again, super early, um, still not really clear what the roster is going to look like as far as numbers because, you know, us on the outside, I'm sure who all is leaving and what that's going to look like. Um, but something you can keep an eye on. I've made a story on our board that uh, is tracking all the roster movement right now. Again, a slow start as far as – Nobody leaving at this point, no one entering the portal from Georgia, but I do anticipate that'll change eventually. A lot to cover on this episode. I'll get into what's been sort of the other phase of the last few days, and that's been recruiting. Georgia picks up two new commitments, five-star edge Samuel Mpemba, and then that was on Sunday. And on Monday, Georgia flips three-star offensive tackle Jamal Merriweather, who was a UCF commit. And, uh, you know, Merriweather was a guy that I'll be honest and say I did not know very much about. Uh, him being from Brunswick, which Georgia has had pretty good success as far as getting guys from that area and from that high school. Um, you know, I'll be interested with Georgia landing Merriweather if that means that we will see, you know, a departure from the offensive line, which I don't think – um, it's going to be dire as far as reserve guys going in. Georgia had a ton of scholarship offensive linemen coming into 2022. And for the most part, even going back to the spring, didn't lose a ton of them. Owen Condon, Clay Webb uh, being a few of those guys. Um, so so I, I do think that kind of shows Georgia's hand right now. Um, I think that that's going to be something to watch and something to keep an eye on as far as uh, if that kind of tipped Georgia's hand. A um, couple questions in our group uh, update on update on Lad Lad McConkey. 
Uh, Kirby talked about that after the SEC championship game. Uh, said that, uh, you know, it was just a continuation of injuries that Lad's been playing with. His knees were bothering him. I don't think it's anything to be worried about, particularly with the amount of time Georgia's going to have having, you know, three-plus weeks to recover. I don't think Lad is something to be concerned with. Uh, Jamel Major asked, Bill Norton is in the portal right? Not yet. Um, that has been a name. Um, I know Rusty Mansell has uh, thrown out there on our board a guy to watch. But at this point, there is no Georgia player officially in the portal. There are a few names that we are watching and guys we anticipate will go into the portal. Um, but as of, again, I'm giving time stamps because this thing is changing uh, by the minute, and it can, uh, especially if you've seen any of the other teams. Uh, there has been a lot of movement through this these first couple of days. But at this point, no Georgia player is officially in the portal, uh, nor has anyone announced that that is going to happen. I also want to make sure I talked a little bit about Jamal Merriweather. Samuel and Pimba, I think that it is easy uh, to uh, lose sight because of what Georgia's already gotten. This guy is super talented. He's a guy that I think looked really good at IMG Academy where he was getting plenty of uh, recruitment from fellow Georgia commitment Gabriel Harris. Um, I think he was in Samuel's ear a good bit, which I don't know if that was necessarily needed. Uh, But – very talented guy. You know, Edge is going to be an outside linebacker, uh, is going to be a very important position for Georgia. And it's another one, too. I am curious, talked about receiver in the portal, if Georgia tries to get some more experience outside linebackers. You're losing Nolan Smith. You're losing Robert Bill. Um, you know, you could use more depth even with some of these talented freshmen they got because, uh, you know, it, it's going to take these guys a while, as talented as they are, to get up to speed. And, and be guys you can count on to play uh, considerable reps because, um, to Georgia's credit, there are going to be a few other options already on the roster. Chaz Chambliss, uh, MJ Sherman, um, uh, who's played some inside and outside linebacker. Uh, they have a few guys that they can lean on. Marvin Jones Jr. who's coming back from injury. Uh, Darius Smith, another true freshman. But I would not be surprised if they look at outside linebacker and try to shore up that position, get a little bit more experience before 2023. Um, so we're going to take a quick break, come back, uh, try to talk about whatever else is going on right now, and also talk a little bit about Georgia, Ohio State, um, although that we're going to have so many podcasts about that going forward. Uh, but I will give you just sort of my initial thoughts on that. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Welcome back, everybody. Well, uh, yeah, I I talked about this on Sunday shortly after the college football playoff was announced, uh, but I I thought the committee got it right as far as one through four, and I thought that uh, the committee um, set up the matchups the way it needed to be. I know some people thought that maybe uh, that the committee specifically separated uh, Ohio State and Michigan, did not want the game rematch in the playoff and in the semifinals. I didn't necessarily feel that way. I thought that TCU still deserved number three after losing in overtime to number 10 Kansas State compared to uh, Ohio State just getting blasted by Michigan in that that, uh, season finale that they had. So uh, looking at this game, this is sort of the talking point I've had. To this point in the year and to this point in the postseason, I should say, the last few days, two things that Ohio State will have to do to have a chance against Georgia. It's match Georgia's physicality, and it's make plays in the passing game. I think the second option is very well possible, although I will say I don't think people um, need to overlook the loss of Jackson Smith and Jigba. A huge loss for Ohio State. He has decided he's going to focus on the NFL draft. He is not playing in the playoffs. A huge blow, even though he has been banged up. Um, it, it's going to be something to uh, to um, understand. He is not the entire Ohio State offense as far as the passing game, the receivers. Marvin Harrison Jr., very gifted receiver. C.J. Stroud obviously also has a chance to win the Heisman. Um, it's going to be something that uh, Georgia has got to straighten up in the secondary. I thought you know, I think they gave up 502 passing yards against LSU, um, definitely an area of concern. Uh, Keely Ringo, I thought, kind of struggled, and uh, he's a guy that's had an up-and-down 2022. Credit to uh, Keeley, he's had some big moments, played well in the Tennessee game and had a huge pick. Um, but I think that you know, if you look at that LSU game, the number of times the guy he was covering uh, was targeted, they were going after Keeley, and uh, I thought he struggled. Um, so he's a guy that... You know, I, I think, having said that, I don't think you can lose sight of the fact that Georgia has more time to prepare for this game, that this game is not this Saturday. They have until New Year's Eve um, and, you know, in the days leading up to it to get ready to play this Ohio State team. I do think that's going to work wonders, and I think that that is going to help Georgia, and I do think that it helps Georgia that a lot of the time these guys really get up for these big games, and there's not going to be a game bigger than this. and. I'll say this, too, for everybody listening on the podcast, give you guys a little nugget. I had talked to some people on the Ohio State side, and, you know, I think making the playoff was kind of like whiplash for some of those players. I think that there were people who were basically going through practice what would have been the week of conference championship week, kind of looking at each other like, well, what are we doing here? You know, we're not going to make the playoff. And then USC loses, and – you have that craziness Friday night in the Pac-12 championship game, and all of a sudden, they get right back in it. Now, it does help Ohio State that they have no shortage of time to kind of zone in and, and get settled back in. But, you know, I do think that kind of mentality might be a factor, um, that Ohio State has to sort of shake off um, the thought that the season's over and we can kind of just coast through, and some of us may play in a bowl game and others might not. And all of a sudden, hey, we're back playing for a championship. So they do have time on their side as far as that goes. But I did think that was pretty interesting to think about the fact that, you know, 
they they were kind of easing their way through it sounded like and then all of a sudden it was time to get back and get back to go time um other things to talk about with that uh would be my second uh factor and that's the physicality and that's where i think georgia is going to be in good shape as far as when this game is played and now I'll say too, we'll have plenty of podcasts really breaking down Ohio State in depth. Have some of the guys from the Ohio State two four seven site on and, and talk to them and really pick their brains. But you know, you go back and, and my plan is to try to do a what stood out um, and you know what stood out on the rewatch story from the game from the Michigan Ohio State game on, on top of also doing one for Georgia LSU. I just think that uh, Michigan pushed Ohio State around. And, uh, yeah, I think if you compare Georgia and Michigan, they're not identical. I think that would be foolish to say so. But that kind of physicality and hit you in the mouth mentality, I do think that both those teams share that. And we see that something I'll say struggle with. Close first half and Michigan really wore them down. Um, I think that this Ohio State team is going to be very capable of making plays and is going to be – in a position to throw the ball well and CJ Stroud can make plays. But I just think line of scrimmage, I think Georgia's going to be in good shape. And uh, I think that looking at this game, um, we're still a few weeks away. So I I kind of uh, give myself the out of saying I can learn more and maybe change this pick or adjust this pick. But right now I'm saying Georgia 42, Ohio State 30. I think Georgia is going to have – Uh, Far too much on offense. I think their defense is going to push Ohio State around, especially up front. I think Georgia wins by 12. But again, a few weeks to go, you know, we'll see how things are going and get more intel on both sides and uh, sort of decide it from there. Um, Other news and notes on Monday, all SEC was released from the Associated Press. Nine Georgia players get on there. No Stetson Bennett, which I know a lot of people uh, took, you know, uh, saw that and it kind of caught their eye, which um, when you have Bryce Young and him and Hooker, that definitely complicates things. But, um, you know, it's sort of the the weird debate is, uh, you know, Hendon being on there, but not getting the Heisman invite and Stetson getting the Heisman, invite, but not only all SEC. Um, I believe the coaches of SEC should come out sometime today. It may actually be at one. So that's something to watch out for. Um, besides that, I was kind of surprised Cedric Van Pran wasn't first team all SEC center, but gets second team and he's a guy that uh, is going to laugh all the way to the bank because of how he's played and his future in the NFL for sure. Um, other than that, trying to think of the other stuff that's been going on, be watching today. I think it might be in, uh, about 30 minutes as we talk live one o'clock Eastern time on Tuesday, the Broyles award is going to be announced. And uh, uh, Todd Munkin is one of the finalists for that. Uh, We will see if he winds up taking home that award. Done an excellent job in his third season at Georgia. Uh, Very uh, um, deserving, Uh, even if he winds up just being a finalist. He's done an excellent job. Uh, No, Bronco Nagurski was announced last night. Will Anderson wins that. Chris Smith was a finalist. Um, So no shortage of things to talk about this week. No shortage of news and uh, no shortage of uh, stories to write because it's uh, no football. You know, you kind of think, all right, it might be a little bit slower and it has very much not been the case, but uh, that's why we do what we do. And that's why we love having you guys on to read it and uh, to comment and let us know what you think. So before we get out of here, before I wrap up this episode, 
um, want to do the men's basketball minute. Georgia men's basketball is seven and the Florida and them on Friday night, shorthanded had to play without four guys, um, but they take care of business. Uh, as you listen to this, as we are recording, this is Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday at 7 PM, they go to Atlanta to play Georgia tech. I think it's a game Georgia can win. I do think if Georgia shorthanded, that's going to hurt things. You know, they uh, didn't have Frank Anselm at practice on Tuesday. Um, they've had to go without Terry Roberts, who's been sick. Kerry Oquendo still dealing with an ankle. And uh, M.A. Moncrief has been dealing with a knee. Um, so they've been shorthanded, and that's not going to help matters if they have to be when they go to Atlanta tonight. But I think this is a very beatable Georgia Tech team, a Georgia Tech team that finished last in the ACC last year. Uh, Georgia could really use this win. Uh, going on the road, they were already 0-1 against ACC teams on the road this year. Um, they played Wake Forest early in the season and wound up losing that game in the second game of the season for Mike White. So something to watch there. Very intriguing and I think a very revealing few weeks coming up for Georgia. They play Georgia Tech on Tuesday. Twelve days later, uh, they... Uh, I think that, um, you know, 12 days later, they're going to be back in Atlanta playing Notre Dame. I think that uh, that these two games are going to be very revealing when it comes to this year's Georgia team. Again, before the season, I said they finished just under 500, 15 and 16. Uh, they've got to take advantage of some of these non-conference games. And both these Georgia Tech, Notre Dame games, I think they're very much measuring sticks for this team and uh, sort of the expectations before we start SEC play on January 4th. So we're going to wrap up this solo episode. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, everybody who watched this live and everyone who's listening to it after the fact, we appreciate your support. want to make sure and say that we have a 50% off VIP deal going on right now at Dogs247. Take advantage of it. You know, as I tweeted out, there's never been a better time to be a Georgia Bulldog, and there's never been a better time to be a Dogs 247 subscriber. Um, so much intel, so much to keep up with. Not only with the transfer portal, not only with the college football plot a few weeks away, but also early signing day is going to be here December 21st. So there's going to be all kinds of movement there and uh, all kinds of stuff to talk about as we start moving forward. So I'll wrap it up there. Appreciate everybody for watching, everybody for listening. Uh, appreciate uh, all the support and uh, continue to read all the content because I'm sure as soon as I get off this, probably going to write three or four more stories. So until next time, take care, everybody. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.